good good morning everyone. What a good, good father we do have. And we have the great privilege of joining together. And it truly is a blessing to look around and see your faces. And it's a blessing for those that have joined us online to be with us. And I just say, on behalf of Cross Timber, welcome this morning. We're glad you are here and we are certainly excited to be able to worship together as we as we sing, as we pray, as we listen to God's Word. Paul, when he wrote his letter to the Ephesians toward the end of the book in chapter 6, tells us to finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes at your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We are thankful that we come together today in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as we put on the armor of God, we put on the very presence of the Lord Jesus, who is our righteousness, who is our peace, who is our salvation. And we trust in his word. It's hard to believe it's already August and my, the months of spring and summer have flown by. And I was just telling Deborah, I never really thought that, uh, that, you know, face masks and hand gel would be on the shopping list. Um, but we have learned to adapt and learn to allow those things to, to help us. But we don't let those things hinder our, our worship and hinder our, our joy. And so as we gather together, or you join us online, we can sing joyful songs to our God and we can stand in the place of prayer. You know, there are so many things that go on around the world on a daily basis. Persecution um, continues. Um, genocide is is being practiced among the people group in, in China. There's riots in the streets in places around our country. Um, there's unsettledness about the economy, about the election, about many, many things. But we have the privilege to turn our hearts, to turn our lives over to the one who is in charge and the one who is control in control. And so if you would just join me this morning as we, we pray, asking God to... Uh, Guide us as we worship, but also just to pray for some of those things that are ongoing. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, acknowledging that your word calls us to, to pray at all times in the spirit with all types of prayers. You call us to alertness and to make supplication for all the saints. And we thank you for these folks that are here this morning. And I pray in the name of, of Jesus for just the blessing of gathering together that you would allow us to hear your word. You would allow us to open up our hearts to you and sing joyfully, sing lovingly to you because you've done so much for us. 
for our brothers and sisters that join us online. I pray that you would help them to be able to, to focus and to worship. I thank you for the gift of technology and the ability that we have to do these things. And I thank you that they're joining with us in spirit. Lord, we turn our, our focus to the things that go on around the world. And God, there's a people group in, in China that's being systematically rounded up and, and, and killed just because of who they are. And God, we ask, we cry out to you on behalf of them, the Uyghur people, for your, your mercy, for justice. We pray for salvation for them. We pray as many of our cities are still in tumult and there's riots and there's just so many people crying out in anger. That those that cry out would not cry out to things that could not say, but would learn to cry out to you, the God who hears and the God who brings salvation and the God who brings peace. As many people still are in, in a time of, of fear or insecurity, wondering about their, their job, wondering about their, their finances, worrying, worrying about their health, worrying about school starting. God, there's so many things. And God, we turn those over to you. And God, we thank you that you are the one that guards our hearts and our minds. And so, Lord, we place our trust in you. We thank you that you are ultimately our provider. We thank you that you allow us to come here in this place to gather and to worship. And with all the unsureness in the world, we thank you that you are a sure and steady foundation. You are the solid rock. You are the living God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the resurrected King. You are Lord and you are Savior. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Thank you, and may you continue to worship with us as we sing. Peace with my Lord's name, please. 
There's a place where sin and shame are powerless. And there's a place
lost I was in chains The world had a hold on me My heart was a stone I was covered in shame When He came for me I couldn't run I couldn't run From His presence I couldn't run couldn't run from His arm. He loves, He loves me. He loves me. Jesus for me. Jesus, how can it be? He loves me. He is for me. It was fire deep in my soul I'll never be the same I stepped out of the dark and into the light when he called my name I couldn't run I couldn't run from his presence I couldn't run follow along in your Bible will be in the first chapter of the book of Joshua this morning. And I'm very excited because I believe in the next several weeks God has something 
before us as we begin to look at this book of Joshua that tells the story of Joshua leading God's people into the promised land. Now, there's no doubt if we were to look around with spiritual eyes, we would realize that we are in an ongoing spiritual battle against spiritual forces. We know from what Paul teaches us in Ephesians that it's not flesh and blood that we fight against, but that we as human beings living in a physical body, in a physical world, fight a war against spiritual forces that are in many ways invisible. Even if we didn't admit that, we would be willing to admit that life is far from being free of both challenges and difficulties. Maybe right now, this morning, you're, you're struggling with what you really believe God is calling you to do. Or maybe all your security, everything that you've held tightly to, just seems to be shattered away by the current circumstances in your life. Or maybe you just feel like you're wandering in the wilderness, wondering, what am I supposed to do? God is gracious and He's loving. And God produces in us what we could never do. We know from what the Bible teaches that in Christ the the weak are made strong. Our faith that starts very tiny is enlarged, it grows. That our obedience over time can grow as we enjoy the loving relationship that God desires to have with us. That the burdens of our lives become blessings. That weariness finds rest. Fear is replaced with courage. And when it seems most improbable, hope blossoms new and fresh. And we know all the while that victory is certain. And so in the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus, if we are followers of Jesus, we continue to battle on until the end. And so we turn to the book of Joshua, not just because it's a great story of how God led His people into the promised land and great stories of military victory, but because the principles that we can find in the book of Joshua are still relevant today. Because in the Lord Jesus Christ, we stand firm. Or, as we'll read in just a moment, God speaking to Joshua, we can be strong and courageous, even in the midst of trouble times. So let's look at the verses together. We'll begin reading in verse 1, and we're going to read the entire chapter. You can follow along in your Bible, or you're welcome to on the screen. The story begins, Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, all as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that your Lord, your God, is giving you to possess. And the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, to them Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it. The land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Father, we thank you this morning that we can open up your word to discover your truth. Not for the advancement of our knowledge, but for the benefit of our souls. And we ask that in these moments that we have together, that you would speak to our hearts. That we would open our lives to you and allow this book, this truth, to come alive to us. Show us the things that we need to know. Bring it to light by the power of your spirit and for our good and for your glory. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So for a long time, I've wanted to teach from the book of Joshua. But to be really honest, I was scared because it's a large book. There's several chapters and I thought as long as it had taken me to get through some of the shorter books, this might take six months or a year or even longer and I was fearful. And I, but I knew I wanted to and so I, I looked on the internet and I found an article and the article was simply teaching from the book of Joshua. And it was written by someone that was very familiar to me, Dr. Jimmy Nelson. And I read the article, and I called him up on the phone, and I said, you know, Brother Jimmy, I've been thinking about preaching from the book of Joshua, and I found this article online by this sharp professor that taught years ago at Southwestern named Dr. Jimmy Nelson, and he just paused and he said, well, I think that would be a pretty good place to start. And so, so I read it, 
and hopefully in the next few weeks I'll be visiting with him as well. But I wanted to, to dig into this book because it gives us so much of what I believe God has for us right now. That many people are wandering in the wilderness of life when God desires for us to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. And in that promised land, He wants to give us victory over our enemies. And so we turn to this book to provide strengthening and encouragement and challenge to us because it is very relevant. In fact, many people that have studied Joshua says that if you want to find the New Testament equivalent of the book of Joshua, you just read the book of Ephesians. Because just as much Joshua is about the conquest of the land, it's about a spiritual battle, very much like the book of Ephesians tells us about the spiritual battle that we face. Now, it does not take a Bible scholar to share this truth with you, but the book of Joshua follows the book of Deuteronomy. And if you read it, you'll find that the story that ends in Deuteronomy picks up in the book of Joshua with the death of a man named Moses, who was the leader of God's people. And so it continues the story of God's people that had wandered 40 years in the wilderness, and now we're on the very edge of the Jordan River, looking over into what would be the land that they could call their own. And we're reminded all through the story to this point that God did not give up on them. Praise God, He doesn't give up on us either. And this man named Joshua, the book is named for him, even though we don't know the author of this book, most people believe it's Joshua, was an eyewitness account to everything that God had done. He had watched Moses, the servant of the Lord, walk in the steps of the Lord, hear God's voice and share that with the people. And now it was his turn. And the purpose of this book is just to give an account, a history of God's faithfulness to lead his people into the promised land. And as we turn to this book, we find some major ideas that come up over and over again. God's faithful to his covenant. His word is important. Human effort always falls short. It's only God's power that prevails. And that God's holiness and God's righteousness demand a judgment of sin. And as we begin to look at the conquest of the land and the, the taking of this land and the, and the killing of the people there, we'll, we'll struggle with some things that can be difficult to understand. But I want you to, just from the beginning, remember that God's holiness and His righteousness demand the judgment of sin. And along the way, it will provide us instructions, warnings, and encouragement for us today and for the church at large. But this morning, in these 18 verses, I want us to focus on this thought. God provides all the resources necessary to live the victorious Christian life. In fact, as we study this book of Joshua, I titled it Victorious Living, because God has given us all the resources necessary for us to live a victorious Christian life. And it comes in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. All through the book of Joshua, you see God's promise of success. But you also see the necessity of obedience. God promises success if they will follow His ways. In fact, verse 8 points to that. Be careful to do according to all that is written in it, talking about the book of the law. For then 
you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, these ten verses can be divided into two parts. Very simply, the first eight verses, there are two characters, God and Joshua. Actually, the first nine verses. And then in verse 10, it turns to Joshua and the people. And I want us to see four things this morning about the victory that God has for us, the victory that God has for Joshua and the people. It's rooted in four simple things. God's promise, God's presence, God's word, and God's people. So let's look at the first of those, God's promise. All through the Bible, we could say without any difference, God always keeps His promises. From Genesis to Revelation, everywhere in between, we see that God is a promise-keeping God. That He does everything according to His plans in His time, but He always keeps His promises. And so now in the this nation that is, want, that is trusting in God, that is about to step into the promised land, there's a challenge to this because all of a sudden we see at the end of Deuteronomy and the first of Joshua, repeated here a couple of times, that Moses is dead. Joshua is going to be the next man up. This man that's very little is known about his history other than he's the son of Nun. We know he's Moses' assistant. He was a close follower of Moses, he was a man of faith, he was filled with the Spirit, and most of all, he was chosen by God. Moses is dead, but Joshua is the next man up. Moses is dead, but God is still faithful. Moses is dead, but God's plan is still in effect. And he says to this people, go over the Jordan into the land I am giving you. And you could just imagine, even though we don't have it recorded in Scripture, God's people saying, Moses is gone, what are we going to do? Moses is gone, what are we going to do? And God says, I have a man, Joshua, go over the Jordan into the land I'm giving you. Now, two words jump out as we look at these verses. He mentions the word land, and he mentions the word he is giving. See, God made this promise to this man, Abram, Genesis 12. To go to a land, I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation. I'll make you a blessing. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And that promise is repeated over and over through the book of Genesis. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God would provide His people, those men and women that were descendants of Abraham, a land that would be their own. And God's people would be placed in their land, his place of choosing. And it's a gift. You see, God was leading his people to this land of Canaan, a land he was going to give them. And this land was vast. It went from Lebanon in the north to the wilderness of the Negev in the south, from the Euphrates in the east to the great sea, the Mediterranean in the west. And he describes it this way, every place their foot would step would be theirs. But we have to remember as we look at the book that those footsteps were conditional. Those were footsteps that were led by God. When they walked in the footstep according to His plan, then He would give them victory. And the ultimate 
satisfaction they would find in the land is a word called rest. They would enjoy secure borders, peace with their enemies. They would be free from enemies, free from hunger, free from fear, free from deprivation. They would be safe and secure in God's place with God's presence. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 3 and chapter 4 that this rest is equivalent to our salvation in Christ. But we also have to remember that while this would be a gift, that there would be a struggle involved. They would have to take possession of the land. Why? Because it was inhabited by enemies, strong enemies. And so this land of Canaan would be a place of warfare. And though some songs we hear may lead us otherwise, when we get to the New Testament, it doesn't represent heaven. No, Canaan is a picture of our salvation, of our rest and our victory. It's a picture of what God desires to do in this life a life that is not free from conflict, that is not free from foes. It's a spiritual battle, remember. But it's a land in which we can prosper and we can have victory. And as we walk through it, God promises that He will safely lead us home. And so God promised this land. They had to take possession of it. And in the same way, we believers, we who follow after Jesus, receive God's gift of salvation. But there are things along the way that we have to lay hold of by faith. His promises. We have to be in the battle on a daily basis, standing against the enemy, crucifying our flesh, and depending on God, His presence with us. And that's the second thing, that God not only promises the land, but He also guarantees His presence. You see it in verses 5 and 6 and again in verse 9. God gives assurances to Joshua. I will be with you. It's the same thing God spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. I'll be with you. And the same God that was with Moses was going to be with Joshua. What an encouraging thing it is to be assured someone will be with you. Don't you just remember those times when you were growing up and you were sick and you didn't feel well and maybe you, you found your way in the dark into your mom's you know, side of the bed because you couldn't wake up your dad no matter what or he would just tell you to go talk to your mom and you'd say, Mom, Mom, I, I don't feel good, I'm sick. And very few times would your mom say, go back to bed, right? Well, let's go in here and we would lay on the couch and my mom would take care of me. And she would be there beside me. And I would know that by the presence of her hand or her voice. And every time I called out, I would know that she was with me. How much more important, probably hear better now, how much more incredible is it to think that the God of the universe says, I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's not going to bail out on you. And then he encourages him and he says, Joshua, be strong and be courageous. His strength was only because God was with him. His courage was only because God was with him. And it's a phrase that just keeps appearing throughout the book of Joshua. Be strong and courageous. 
resulting from God's presence, there would be no enemy that could stand up against them. That with God's presence and their cooperation, no enemy would stand in their way. God would grant them success wherever they went. Reminds us of the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, right before he ascends, when he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Emmanuel, God with us, in us by the presence of the Spirit, is with us wherever we go. And in Christ, we have everything we need to live a godly life. All the divine resources of heaven are ours to accomplish the impossible. What God has called us to do. Now honestly, living in this day and trying to follow Jesus can be overwhelming. We would all agree with that. And you could probably imagine that at some point along the way, Joshua was a bit overwhelmed. Moses is gone. I'm in charge. Here's all the people. Here's the river we've got to cross. And on the other side of that, there's the land we have to take. But he had the assurance of God's presence. I will be with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. And knowing God is present with me by the power of the Holy Spirit allows me to be strong and courageous. It allowed Joshua to be strong and courageous and it can allow you to be strong and courageous. But along with God's promise and God's presence, Joshua also had God's Word. It's important in Deuteronomy. It's important also in Joshua, this holding to the Word of the Lord. So since God always keeps His promises... When God has something to say, we need to listen. We need to believe it's true because it is. And we need to follow those instructions. You see, both Deuteronomy and Joshua put an importance on the Word, but the focus is not just on the Word, but it's on obedience to that Word, to God's instruction. It's beautiful to read in those early books about the life of Moses, about how God spoke to Moses. Remember what it said? He spoke to Moses face to face. That Moses had encounters with God. And all the while, just sitting there at the edge of the tent, was this young man, Joshua, listening, learning, following in the footsteps and the example of this man, Moses. And God would speak His Word to Moses, and Moses would turn around and speak God's Word to the people. And these words were recorded in verse 8 in what they call the book of the law. And so verse 7, again, another command, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. You see, simply knowing facts, truth about the Bible is not enough. God always expects us to take this truth and to put it into action in our lives. That our lives would be shaped by obedience to God's truth, to His instruction. And in that, He doesn't give us the 
option to pick and to choose what we want to obey and what we don't want to obey. He doesn't give us the option to deviate from that. In fact, he says it this way, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand. Don't swerve in or out of the lines at your own choosing, but meditate it on. Meditate on it day and night. That we should have this thoughtful reflection about God's Word. It's not so much that we just repeat it over and over again, but that we talk about it in our mind with others with intentional focus. I like this definition of the need to meditate from Don Whitney, that we should read big and we should meditate small. Now, let me explain that, you know, we should be reading God's word and and making sure we read through it systematically. But when it comes to that time of meditation, it's maybe just one verse. So in these 18 verses this morning that we read, you know, as we pray and and we say, God, what is in this verse for me? What are in these verses You know, it may just be one phrase, be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we meditate on those things and we allow it to sink in and God to apply it to our lives. And the reward of that, God promises Joshua good success wherever you go. Important theme all through the book. God's people would enjoy success and victory as long as they followed God's instructions. Be careful to do according to it all that is written, verse 8, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And as we'll see in the coming weeks, when they didn't, (laughs) there were consequences. See, God's Word is important. It's vital in a daily walk with Jesus. That's why we are to read it, study it, meditate on it, pray it, Apply it to our lives. And perhaps most importantly, we need to obey it. As James says, James chapter 1, don't just hear God's word. Do what it says. And so God reminded Joshua of how important his word was. It's a good reminder for us as well. A recent study that came out, the American Bible Society, along with the Barna Research Group, measures Bible reading, Bible engagement, Bible literacy. And from the year 2019 to the 2020, they found that the percentage of adults who say they use their Bible daily, not just read, but use in some form of study or meditation, something more than just casual reading, dropped from 14% to 9%. And what they found in a shorter, smaller size is that during this time that we are, we've been in the, the pandemic from March until Till now, they've actually seen that 9% sink even lower. And so they're starting to draw a connection between the connectedness that God's people have with a local body of believers and their engagement in the Bible. And so we're going to talk about in a few minutes about how God's people are important, but it's just a reminder that, that God's Word is important. And if we fall away from the things that are important, if we fall away from the things that are regular parts of our spiritual life, then... You know, there's opportunities for us to lose ground. God's Word is so key for us to see victory, spiritual victory. And so I just pray that God would help us as His people to commit to it daily and to dig into His Word as we engage it and allow His truth to speak to us and change us.
And so God promises these things. He's his promise of land, the promise of his presence, the truth of his word. And he punctuates it in verse nine with this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Hopefully Joshua gets it at this point. It's the third time God's said that phrase to him. Don't be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Now I said just a bit earlier that this man Joshua picked up on the pattern of Moses. He followed Moses' example. Just as he saw God speaking to Moses when God spoke to Joshua, Joshua remembered Here's the pattern. God speaks. I obey. I deliver God's message to God's people. And then God's people have the choice. Do they obey or do they disobey? And success all the way through is dependent on their obedience. You see, there was a responsibility for the fourth thing, and that's God's people. Joshua was supposed to lead the people across the river, but the people had to follow him across the river for it to be a success. And so God called and prepared Joshua for this purpose, to lead his people across the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, to continue on to defeat the enemies that were before them and to take possession of the land. And so with the assurance of God's promise, his presence and the truth of his word, Joshua gathers together the leaders of the people. These folks that were the organizational leaders. And he tells them, get the people ready. Gather together the provisions for within three days, verse 11, you were to pass over the Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that your Lord, your God, is giving you to possess. Now we'll see that that three days turns into about seven days because of the delay in the spies getting back that we'll look at next week. But they're preparing to go into the land, to cross over this river. Now within this, he turns and he speaks to these tribes of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. You may remember from your Bible study that these were herdsmen with large flocks and when they came to this land just on the east side of the Jordan they wanted to live there because they saw it was a land that was good for flocks and while Moses hesitated at first he later grants their request but with one condition they had to help the other tribes in the conquest of the land and so in verses 12 through 15 he reminds them of this commitment commitment that they made He says, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. Fight with them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. While the women and the children could stay home, he calls those fighting men to go cross the Jordan and to lead, to walk alongside their brothers in this conquest of the land. He says, then you shall return to the land of your possession and you shall possess it. And so Moses was gone. He was dead. But Joshua was the new leader. But Joshua wouldn't be alone in this quest. No, it would be something that would take all 
Israel. You see this many times throughout the book, this phrase, all Israel, that God's promises were to all of Israel. And so it was important for all of Israel to work together. There was this corporate responsibility. All Israel would have access to all of the blessings of God. All of Israel would participate in the conquest of the land. All Israel would have response would be responsible for their actions. And in the last few verses of chapter 1, we see all of Israel vowing their obedience, vowing that they will follow after Joshua, offering encouragement to this man Joshua, and then speaking a blessing to Joshua. Here's the obedience in verse 16, in the first part of verse 17. They say, all that you have commanded we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. And they even go on to say that if someone rebels against this, that they will see that they're put to death. So they agree to obey. They also offer encouragement. Listen to what they say, verse 17. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And you see this promise that God makes to Joshua, I'll be with you, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And here you have God's people encouraging him with that same truth. May the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. I think it's a word of encouragement, but it's also a pledge of their allegiance. We saw that God was with Moses, and now we see that God is going to be with you. And they end in verse 18 with a blessing. Only be strong and courageous. Joshua had already heard that before. God had spoken it to him several times. And here God's people repeat back this charge that God gives to Joshua. And so what's God doing? He's confirming his word to Joshua through the people. How encouraging it is when God confirms his word to us. And many times he uses other people. God loves to confirm His Word to us, to show us that He means what He says. And so as we come to the end of this first chapter, we see God calls and encourages Joshua. He reminds Joshua that His promise, His presence, and His Word are with him. Joshua speaks God's Word to God's people, and God gives this charge to Joshua. Be strong and courageous see today the call is to victorious living in christ you can write that down you can say it and it sounds really great but our quest our desire is for god to give us victorious living in the name of jesus that we would walk strong and courageous in the power of the spirit and we would stand firm in the lord and the power of his might Why? Because God provides all the necessary resources to live a victorious Christian life. Now just remember a few things. Just remember this. Remember Ken Dornecker touched on it last week so beautifully. God wants to be with us. He wants to intimately be part of our lives. And He doesn't just want to be with us. He wants to be with you. Who you are, wherever you are, God wants to be with you. 
And maybe today you just need to slow down. Maybe you need to stop running. And maybe you just need to press in and spend time with Jesus. God calls us to be strong and courageous. We have to remember we can never, ever, ever do it on our own. When we try, we fail. We can never do it on our own. It's only in God's power, by His Spirit, that we can have any measure of success in this life. So today, if you're feeling weak, remember, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. If your faith seems small, remember the one who calls you is faithful. If you're struggling to be committed and say yes and follow after Jesus, remember our obedience grows as we enjoy His love. If you're weary, draw close to Jesus and find rest. If you're afraid, let Jesus be your comfort and your confidence. And if today everything just seems hopeless, may the God of all hope cause your hope to blossom fresh and new. As God's people, may we start to be drawn out of the wilderness into the wonderful land that He promises us. Led not by Joshua, but led by the Lord Jesus who Joshua was a picture of, trusting in his promises, relying on his presence, trusting in his word as it dwells in us richly, walking alongside his people, our brothers and our sisters, strengthening one another, encouraging one another, challenging one another. Oh, the call today is to be strong and courageous. Will you join me in this journey towards strong and courageous living? Better yet, victorious living. In the name of Jesus, will you pray with me? Oh Lord, we pause before you as we've listened to your word. And we say thank you for the truth of it. Thank you that you speak through it. Thank you that we read your word, we hear your voice. And out of your grace, you choose to use the foolishness of of preaching to communicate that word. And so this morning, as we've looked at the very beginnings of this book of Joshua, and we began to consider over time this call to victorious living and your challenge for us to be strong and courageous. We ask for your help this morning to remember your promises, to see that you're faithful, to not only be aware of your presence, but to invite your presence in our lives, either the first time for salvation or even right now, asking for you to fill us afresh and anew by the power of your Spirit. We thank you for your word. Help us to not neglect it. Help us to enjoy the pages of your word, seeing that it's spending time with you, 
that it's part of our relationship with you. And Lord, help us to say, like the writer of Psalm 119, oh, how I love your law. Help us to fall in love with your word and to fall in love with you. And God, we thank you for people, your people, for the body of believers that you've placed us with, for our brothers and sisters, our friends, that we walk in this journey with, this journey of faith. Lord, help us to see that what we do matters, not only for our own lives, but for the lives of others. And Lord, if we want to see a victorious work of your Spirit in our church, it takes us all together. It takes our cooperation, being willing to work together. It takes our consecration, being willing to be set apart. And that takes searching our lives and our hearts, asking you to reveal sin, for asking forgiveness and walking in repentance. And it takes a commitment to you and your truth. And so God, this morning, may this be the day that you begin for us at Cross Timber to walk in the newness of victory in the name of Jesus. We thank you, O Lord, and we praise you for your word. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to sing in just a second um, a song together, but just this morning the call is is to commit. You know, this is what the victorious life takes. It takes receiving God's promise, allowing His presence to work in us, His Word to work in us, and working together as God's people. And there may be someone, whether they're, they're listening or listen to this later or right here, that has never invited the presence of the living Lord Jesus into their life. And that's the starting part. Without Jesus, you're not going to be able to accomplish any of these things. But the simple, plain truth is this. As if you turn from your sin and call out to Jesus, He will be your Savior, and He can be today. But also, it may just be, you just feel like you're wandering around in the wilderness. Nothing's too bad, nothing's too great, but you're wanting to step into what God has for you. And today is the day. And so if you're trusting in His presence for the first time, or you're just going to say, I want to be, I want to go out of the wilderness, and I want to step into what God has for me, then... This time of commitment is for you. I want to ask you to join in standing. We're going to sing together, and as the Lord speaks, I pray that you would respond. You give love. You are life, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great oh. 
this week that the Lord's um, Spirit will, will touch your lives, that He'll reach out to you through the truth of your word and apply it, and just excited in the weeks to come what, what God will do and what God will speak to us as we look at the book of Joshua together and we, we study what it means to, to live um, a victorious life in God's power and in God's strength. So, pray blessings on you this week. Um, thanks for, for listening in. If you've joined us on Facebook, thanks for being here this morning. Um, we're going to sing a final song together, and when the song begins, um, you're dismissed. So, Lord bless you. Your good, good Father, to you are, to you are.